Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is the sixth episode. I'm Brentley. I'm Dan. And, and we have a, a, a nice little variety of stories to get into today. A couple of interesting things. First, you'll notice I chopped my hair off, by the way, so hope you guys like it. It's getting really hot, so. Alright, uh, so I saw this story the other day. I kind of wanted to just talk about it because it's interesting to me. Um, there's a whole lot of hype about space right now. So NASA's Perseverance Mars rover extracts first oxygen from the red planet. This is fascinating. The growing list of firsts for Perseverance, NASA's newest six-wheeled robot on the Martian surface, includes converting some of the red planet's thin carbon dioxide-rich atmosphere into oxygen. It's a, a toaster-sized experimental instrument aboard the Perseverance called the Mars Oxygen in Situ Resource Utilization Experiment, or MOXIE. <laughs> I love that acronym. Uh, it accomplished the task, apparently. Uh, the test took place on April 20th, and it was the 60th Martian day, or Sol, since the mission landed on February 18th. So, this took, what, like seven months, it says, to get there? Yeah, it's about a seven-month journey for something to go from Earth to Mars. Yeah, it's crazy. They can only launch during half the year. Um, yeah, let's dig a bit into it. But MOXIE's whole purpose is basically to prove the science behind this idea that they can extract oxygen from the atmosphere in order to generate breathable oxygen and also fuel. So, you know, if we are staying on Mars for long periods of time, We'll actually need to generate oxygen there that we can that we can breathe, and then we can use it as rocket fuel. Um, they said here uh, you have to get a lot of yeah. oxygen to get four astronauts off the Martian surface on a future mission. Would require approximately fifteen thousand pounds or seven metric tons of rocket fuel and fifty-five thousand pounds of oxygen. Yeah. So it's a lot of material. Yeah, it says hauling 25 metric tons of oxygen from Earth to Mars would be an arduous task. So transporting a one-ton oxygen converter, a larger, more powerful descendant of Moxie that could produce those 25 tons, would be far more economical and practical. So instead of just bringing it there, they're like, all right, we have to figure out a way to like produce it on the planet, which makes sense. Yeah, they say most of Mars's atmosphere is carbon dioxide, and MOXIE works by plucking oxygen atoms off of carbon dioxide molecules, which are made up of one carbon and two oxygens. Uh, and then it, we get a waste product of carbon monoxide, which would be kicked back out in the atmosphere. Yeah, this is, this is really interesting. I'm curious to see, you know, what more developments will come from this. But, you know, on, on the topic of Mars, while we're on there, I also wanted to bring this up. So apparently recently Elon Musk says, quote, a bunch of people will probably die during Mars mission. <laughs> yes, well, that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, he admitted that a bunch of people probably die in the race to get to Mars. The SpaceX pioneer made his blunt prediction as he laughed at how his planned Mars mission was being seen as, quote, some escape hatch for rich people. And I've seen this too. You know, I've seen people talk about this online, like, you know, uh, we're not all going to go to Mars, you know, it's just going to be the rich people who run away from the Earth and <laughs> leave it for us to deal with. Yeah, you ain't getting me on a rocket ship to Mars. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I definitely want to see a bunch of other people volunteer and, like, do it successfully first. But he said, you know, look, you might die. It's going to be uncomfortable and probably won't have good food. <laughs> he told uh, Peter Diamandis, the founder and chairman of the XPRIZE Foundation for Scientific Discovery, um, advertisements for the journey should note how it will be, quote, an arduous and dangerous journey where you may not come back alive, Musk said with a chuckle. 
And he said, honestly, a bunch of people will probably die in the beginning, he said, while insisting it will also be a glorious adventure and it will be an amazing experience. But not for everyone, he stressed. Volunteers only. Yeah, well, I mean, whoever wants to volunteer first, I'm totally cool with that. You can go up there first because I'm not. <laughs> yes, have fun with yeah. that. But yeah, we just want to start with some, you know, more cultural scientific stuff before we jumped into the space. dark world of politics. Um, so On that note... We'll talk about Mr. Epstein. Yeah, so apparently Epstein's Palm Beach mansion uh, was destroyed recently. It was demolished by the new owner. And, um, you know, this is just interesting to us because we've been following the Epstein story pretty closely for a while. And um, Brent's sister, Caitlin, who is an artist actually has a, a very interesting project called the Epstein Banner Project that we've been helping her with. And she, thankfully, last summer, managed to get over to the Palm Beach house and to photograph the Epstein Banner um, in front of the gates. So we wanted to give a shout-out to Caitlin and, you know, just show some of those photographs from the Epstein Project. So here's the one in front of Palm Beach. And I don't know if you pulled the other ones up I sent you. Uh, yes, hold on one second. Yeah. I just jumped to us. Yeah, so the project started, actually. The first shot we took was in front of Epstein's New York City home. No, that's the Met. That's the Met. This one, yeah. So this was the first picture that we helped her take for this project. And we kind of went over there sneakily and put our masks on and... Got that paranoid yeah. at the time that I think, like secret agents were going to be monitoring yeah. and like, like you know. I think that's you and her holy and then I uh, uh, yeah. I snapped this I one forget. yeah she like set it up for me and then I snapped I snapped the picture but since then you know she's taken a few of these one of them we took in front of the Met and then you guys went to the hearing right yeah so we went to the first hearing where Jelaine appeared by. Um, remote video and yeah. this was sort of the scene outside the courthouse at the time there was a lot of press and uh yeah. me and my sister and kate kate and you made it into the press actually yeah we ended up yeah. in a couple different major outlets because we were really i mean the press was there they were looking for some action they were looking for quotes and we were really the only like thing that was semi-interesting happening yeah. outside and on that note, Caitlin made it once again into the press recently because Jelaine just appeared in court, right? Let's pull that up. Yeah, so there was an article here. Uh, this is from Reuters. Mm -hmm. uh, just covering her, you know, she pleaded not guilty to her charges. Of course she did. Um, and they do a little drawing of her. <laughs> it's funny with the masks on and the court yes. drawings. <laughs> Entered her plea. Uh, she's 59 years old. Charges included an eight-count indictment unveiled on March 29th. It was the first time she had faced a judge in person since her arrest in July. Prosecutors accused her of grooming and paying a girl who, starting at age 14, gave Epstein nude massages and engaged in sex acts with him from 2001 to 2004 and said the girl recruited others to offer erotic massages. She's pleaded not guilty multiple times. Her trial is scheduled for July 12th, provided a courtroom is available. Yeah, or she doesn't, you know, mysteriously kill herself. Yeah, or <laughs> apparently her lawyers, so they, they added new charges back at the end of March uh, to like a new victim and two new charges. Because uh, originally it was like four charges, and now it's like six or something. And now her lawyers are requesting a, uh, looks like a three to six month delay, 120 that's four to four to six months, 120 to 180 days delay because they want to, uh, I guess, have more time to prepare. I guess review the new charges, but I don't know. I mean, I I kind of have a 
I, I have a feeling that she already cut a deal a while ago. Yeah, I would be know? surprised yeah. if this actually goes to trial. Like, I, it just doesn't seem like... Even, it, even if it does, I think that what's going to happen is they'll probably throw a couple people under the bus um, and just be like, hey, look, you know, justice was served. You know, give her a lighter sentence or something, maybe, you know, probation or something like that, and then hope people just forget about the whole thing. But I, I have a theory she has a dead drop set up, man. So these are some of the lawyers... Um, and there's Caitlin. Caitlin yeah. with uh, one of her shirts. It says, yeah. truth frequently gets replaced with pleasure to serve others' agendas and to keep the public eye managed. On the contrary, truth can also persist, washing up time and time again, haunting us, making itself unavoidable to the point where the only recourse is to face it. Yes, and there she is with the Epstein banner. Holding up the banner again. Shout out to Caitlin. We love you, Kate. Um, yeah, so right. that was the so that's a little bit of the Jeffrey Epstein news. Also, this is a bit of an old story, but we've had some new verification. Yeah. So you can see here some this new is photos came out July twenty fourth of twenty nineteen. Uh, Epstein visited Bill Clinton in the White House multiple times in the early nineties. So this is actually nothing new, but these pictures are new. Yeah. Are new, which is curious. Yeah, I put a joke up on the dangerous rhetoric. Uh, Instagram earlier, and I was like, get yourself a man who looks at you the way Jeffrey Epstein looks at Bill Clinton. Yeah, it is interesting to see the way, <laughs> see, he's sort of like, I don't know, he's just like looking at him, yeah, smiling, I mean, you know. It's just a joke, obviously, but I'm sure he saw some big opportunity in someone like Bill, and yeah, you know, wanted to befriend him and get close to him. And well, it's been... It then that a, weird painting that was in his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can pull that out. Oh, yeah, me. that was really freaking weird. It's been alleged that uh, Epstein's primary um, job was to get dirt on mm -hmm. Mr. Billy so that he could be more well-managed yes. for the establishment slash CIA slash Mossad yeah. slash powers that be, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, deep state, they Illuminati. They go by many names. Many names. But, uh, yeah, it is interesting. You know, I, I have a feeling a lot, of, a lot of very powerful people got pulled into this sort of blackmail scheme. And you know, think about it. If you wanted to get certain politicians to vote a particular way, or to invest in something, or whatever it is you you want them to do, and some of them might not cooperate with you, well, pull them into these compromising situations. If you know they have, you know, creepy pedo proclivities. You bring them onto your island or your home where, you, you know, we know he had cameras throughout the Epstein home too. catch them in these situations. And then if they don't comply, you show them the pictures in the video and you say, hey, you better you better do what we want you to do or this is going to come out. And so here's the painting just so you guys can see it. Yeah, that painting's real. You know, I've, I've seen people online saying, oh, that's not real. It is real. That was in his house. It was confirmed also by certain victims. And then there's the very strange painting of George Bush. <laughs> Which is also weird. He's like sitting on the White House floor um, with two block towers knocked down. I wonder what that's a reference to. And a paper airplane in his hand. You know, rather curious piece of art to have in the home of Jeffrey Epstein. But again, this is real. And it's by the same artist who did the Bill Clinton dress painting. So make of that what you will, guys. Here we are. Make of that what you will. It's called War Games from 2012. You can see these two little towers. Was the like artist air, Petrino Ryan Clyde? Yeah, really strange, really strange. Um, so that was just a little bit of new, new. Yeah, I just wanted to give some updates on the Epstein story, and I imagine more of that will come out soon, especially with Jelaine's uh, case still in the works. So now I thought we'd talk a little bit about this, like Micaiah Bryant shooting, just because. It seems like everybody is really hip on fanning the flames of interracial conflict. 
and trying to hysterize the population much similar to how they do with COVID, with how we do, how they dealt with terrorism in the past. It's all against each other, man. It's this divide and conquer shtick that we see again and again and again coming well, from our leaders. They're probably afraid of us rising up like people are doing in London right now against the lockdowns. So, you know, we had Misaki here just, you know, condemning the attack. So basically what happened was Micaiah Bryant, in case you're living under a rock and haven't heard the story, <laughs> she will call, somebody called the police for a report of like teenagers having fights with knives. Police arrive and there's body camera footage available. And what happened is Micaiah comes out. She charges one girl, knocks her over, and then gets up and charges this other girl who's wearing pink. And she comes at her with a knife, like clearly like about to stab this other girl who, who's only just standing there and holding a small dog. And so, you know, in the instant that the police arrive, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then they see her knock the one girl down, go after the other one. She raises the knife, and then the cop fires. And, you know, two, like, two or three quick shots drops Micaiah to the ground. It's really quick. The whole thing happens so fast. And that, that's the thing people comment on these things, and they don't realize that when violence is happening, it's quick. It's you only, you hardly even have a second to react, you know? And that cop did well, you know? And that was a. Good shot, you know. Yeah, well, I'm not he, saying I'm happy someone he, died, but he did his job correctly and he saved another person. And so the White House immediately jumps to the conclusion without any evidence suggesting that the uh, the shooting was motivated by racism, which is absolutely Ridiculous. not true. There's no evidence to suggest that. If it that. was racism, he would have went, showed up, saw a black girl trying to stab another black girl and did, and, nothing. And did nothing. He would have let the, the other black girl die from the other black girl. Like, why would you save and one then, black girl of course, from the narrative and be called a racist? Of course, then the narrative would be, you know, white cop does nothing <laughs> to, you know, and sure, allows. It, well, in the current political climate now with it's police, like it, it's sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't exactly. in situations. Because if you would have did nothing and allowed the other girl to stab her, they would have been like, oh my God, see, look at these cops. They don't care about black lives not doing their job blah 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 and then he goes and he actually stops her and same thing oh my god look he killed a black girl look he's racism yeah so here you can see screenshots from the body camera footage uh just before she was shot this is Makaya here with the knife and then she raises it almost like she's gonna try to stab she was gonna stab the neck if you see how fast all of that played out if that cop didn't shoot she would have stabbed her period period she would have stabbed her i, I, also, I have little doubt in my mind this girl was holding like a small dog like she did she, it's not like this was a knife fight between two people who were both armed yeah it's just not the case it's not it was someone attacking someone who was unarmed and then she's they they issue this statement which is just like traditional pandering it's irresponsible man it's ridiculous like people constantly criticize some of the stupid things that come out of trump's mouth and yeah i understand he said some dumb things but where where are all these like lefty progressive people criticizing the irresponsibility of this of painting this as a racial issue with zero evidence it, it inflames the situation it creates more chaos and it's funny because they're constantly talking about accountability while not being accountable for their own actions and, their, and themselves yeah valerie jarrett right here a black teenage girl named makaya bryant was killed because because the police officer immediately decided to shoot her multiple times in order to break up a knife fight. First of all, Valerie, it was not a knife it's fight. Not a knife fight. It was a, it was attempted murder. Yes. With a deadly weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, and she says, "Demand accountability. Fight for justice." Like hashtag Black Lives Matter. Oh God! It's just such pandering. So much pandering. These freaking race hustlers. There's no man. nuance. No nuance. They don't want to address the actual underlying issues here. But read read this. <laughs> A police officer's, so this lady, you know, critically corrected Valerie's yeah. tweet. She yeah. says, a police officer's split-second decision 
uh, decision-making and impeccable aim saves African-American woman from violent knife attack. There. Fixed. <laughs> there. Fixed it. Fixes the headline. Now, this one I thought was good from Bree Newsom. Teenagers have been having knife fights or having fights, including fights involving knives, for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that seriously. <laughs> for eons, Brett. For eons. For eons. I, do you remember your knife fights when you were a kid? Oh, yes. My oh, childhood. Yeah. yeah all the time. All, all types of knife fights, you we know? We had stick fights when I was a kid. <laughs> And if somebody got like a little wrapped on the knuckles, like it was like, ow, like we'd stop. I you know, still can't even believe someone typed this out and pressed satin. Yeah, I actually seriously. thought for a long time, I thought Brie Newsom was a satire account. But it's she's not. actually serious. This is serious. Wow. She goes on to say, everyone should be frightened that the ruling white elite have oh, done God. such a thoroughly successful job of not only disconnecting us from a means of basic self-sufficiency, which is kind of true, but also convincing us that we need armed white officers to manage our children and communities. Yeah. First of all, our ruling elite is not just white okay yeah, and <laughs> cops aren't just Does anybody white like maxine waters is not white barack obama yeah. was not white. not white like we've had plenty of african-americans Kamala harris not Kamala white harris not white like yeah. it's just kind of ridiculous and again not all police officers are white so and sometimes these shootings do involve black police officers they just don't emphasize that as much yeah well and a, and a lot of times the um the, the the race is only mentioned when it's a white cop on black victim they only bring it up in that whatever's case. convenient and fits the narrative that they're trying to push and this this what's her name Bree Newsom. Bree Newsom. what a freaking joke You're i a started joke following lady. her because i you know I, I like to follow diverse perspectives i like to see what the social justice world yeah. people are saying because it's it behooves us to be aware of it like sure. this, this kind of stuff is out there so it, it it calls to be critically corrected and to be criticized and to be pointed out and shamed I remember the good old days of knife fights with my friends. And in this one, NBC literally edited their video. And this is funny because they accused Project yeah. Veritas of doing this all the time. They literally edited the video to make it look like, you know, whether she had a knife or not was in dispute. Yeah. We mentioned this last time, too. But this Ugh. is evil shit, man. Like, if you wanted to create more chaos, more violence more division this is the type of shit that you would do and i just i don't understand how more people don't see how deliberate it is you know that these these media corporations don't give two shits about us they're manipulating us yeah it's the article says here while other corporate media outlets made a point to note that the knife in bryant's hand sometimes zooming in and freezing the video where it showed her wielding the weapon nbc glossed over it and merely stated authorities claimed she was threatening others with the nbc knife. didn't get the memo i guess <laughs> Body camera footage shows the knife on the ground, NBC stated. Like, as if, like, it just appeared there yeah. by magic. Yeah, well, they, they probably want to sort of leave room for people to theorize that, oh, well, the cop planted it there. And, yeah, you know, back, especially in, like, the 70s and 60s and stuff, when racial violence was more intense and cops were more racist, yes, they've planted evidence on purpose before. They've planted drugs. They've planted weapons. This is not that case. This is a very clear-cut case. And the fact that NBC is deliberately taking it and making it not clear-cut is it should tell you something, right? It should make you question. What is what is the goal here? You know, it's yeah. Well, the the goal seems to be to fuel more interracial conflict, to keep people in the streets, to keep right. them angry. Well, not just keep them in the streets, to keep them in the streets over this stuff. 
and not against the lockdown mandates and the mask mandates which we'll get to in a little bit yeah but that that's one of the things that i really really truly think that they're trying to distract us from you know and we saw it last summer when all of a sudden it was okay to protest after george floyd died but if you protested the lockdowns you were a super super spreader and a grandma killer oh but like you you can amass for black lives matter that's fine you know um, Absurd. And then just a quick little mention. I've noticed that The Daily Show has been doing its part to contribute to the overall miasma of propaganda and lies in the uh, in the current social media complex in the hive mind. They did this little treaty of who's who on the far right, <sighs> highlighting Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Tucker Carlson, who are not far right. They're conservatives. They're I conservatives. Mean- They're on the right. But they're not far right. Mar- Marjorie's, I guess, probably the most sort of radical-ish of these. But I, would, I wouldn't I even call her. I wouldn't sure. even call her radical. I mean, I wouldn't call her far right. You know, I would no. definitely call her on the right. Yeah, she, they're conservatives for sure. And yeah, I think far right to me is anybody espousing racial superiority yeah. doctrines or white ethno nationalism. Actual white supremacy. That's far right. That's yes. you know radical right. And they're, they are out there. We're not saying they're not out there. We're just saying the media is is vastly overblowing that threat. They want you to think that there are just militias everywhere full of these people uh, building an army and ready to march upon the capital. That's what they want people to believe. And they convinced quite a few people that that was the case when there's no evidence for that. Where where was it? Where did the attack did the attack ever show up at the capital? No? No? Well, there was that one attack by that radical black Islamic guy. Yeah, that one guy, you know. Crashed his car into the gate. Killed a cop. Tried to kill another one. And where was uh, the people, the liberally progressive left people on that? that Silence. That story popped up in the Nothing. media and was gone in like 24 up, hours. Disappeared. Doesn't fit the narrative. You know, they set up all the security, a big-ass fence, and the first attack that actually happens is by a black nationalist and not a white one. So make of that what you will, you know? Uh, there are radicals on each side. There are racists on all, all sides here. Like, don't act like it, does, it only comes from one direction, because it doesn't. And then we had the Chauvin trial verdict, which, you know, guilty, guilty, guilty across the board. We'll have to wait and see if it holds up. But, you know, Miss Maxine Waters, she got out there and she was, you know, saying, you know, we need to see the guilty, guilty, guilty verdict. You know, if we don't get what we want, we have to stay active. We have to stay in the streets. Get more confrontational. She basically did what they accused and impeached Trump for. Like she actually did incitement. Yeah, she actually did what they impeached Trump for. So the House voted to censure her, but the it was beaten just by six votes along party lines. They call it a victory for Democratic leadership. Um, but you know, it just seems like it's it's rules for thee and not for yeah, me. It's when the left does it, it's fine. But when the right does it, it's like magnified hysterical nonsense. You know, blown yeah. way out of proportion. Well, I do, I do want to go on the record and credit Maxine Waters with. The probably only good thing she did in her political career, and that was that was backing up Gary Webb, you know. And she wrote the foreword to his book Dark Alliance about the uh, drug smuggling from the intelligence agencies. And wait, who who is Gary Webb, Daniel? Oh, Gary Webb was a journalist. I forgot what paper he worked for. I don't know. Yeah, but he wrote a book called Dark Alliance about the uh, crack epidemic and specifically about the uh, CIA and. The intelligence agency smuggling drugs into the country, but that was probably the only thing that I can think of that she did correct. And when was that? In the freaking nineties? Yeah, it was in the nineties. Yeah, clearly they got to her since then. Clearly the CAA has them has people like her on their payroll now um, to create more division. And then, do you want to talk about the king? 
Oh yeah, King James, such a king, right? Isn't his name cultural appropriation? Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> um, so LeBron tweeted out this thing: "You're next with the uh, the little what is this called? Hourglass? Yeah. Hashtag accountability. This is the officer that shot Micaiah. I think we did mention this in the last show, also, but it's just look. This this is irresponsible. You know, it's irresponsible. And not only did he delete the tweet. You know, he he didn't even apologize for it. He doubled down and said, oh, well, I only deleted it because people were using it to, to stir up more racism. Like, get the hell out of here. Stop lying, LeBron. You deleted it because people called you out on how irresponsible this is. You doxed a police officer who did his job correctly. And then you try to say this was racism when there was no evidence for that. You are a grifter, sir. You're a grifter. You're a race hustler. Stick to the stick to basketball, man. Seriously. He says it's about an entire system, and they always use our words to create more yeah, racism. That was what he tweeted. Yeah. I am so desperate for more accountability. Yeah. Well, maybe if you guys put more of your energy into accountability of our our government, you know, the corrupt government, and not just Republicans, not just when it's it's the side that you hate, then there would be some real change here. But you really think these Democrats give two shits about you? Like LeBron, just stop, stop. You're making a fool of yourself, man. Yeah, and then I guess we can move on. Yeah, so I did want to give another shout-out to Anarchy Tattoo Studios in the Bronx. Shout-out to Mike. Um, they There's an update on this. So they recently announced the other day that they are officially closing. It's not this post. It's the other one. It's the other one. The other one. Yes, that one. Yeah, uh, maybe you want to read a little bit of it. Uh, with nothing but admiration for our community and at the same time an overwhelming feeling of great sadness, I regret to announce we are closing our tattoo shop. As the state continues their oppression upon everything we hold dear uh, to be that of human decency, we have decided to turn the other cheek. Congratulations, dictatorship. Congratulations to the communist regime. <laughs> you already have won. Uh, to all those who acquiesce, you will blindly obey the ruling class. To your own children's demise, wake up, stand up, resist before it's too late. God bless all of our community that has supported us through the past five years. I am literally heartbroken right now, thinking about all of you. For you are my, you are all my people, and my heart is literally shattered. And he and goes on. He goes on, you know, about some memories he had, you know, just being in the community for five years and Halloween and Christmas and. It's it's sad, man. This this stuff really breaks my heart, and that's why I wanted to, to mention it again, because I feel for these small businesses, but how many of them said anything, you know? How many of them? As, as far as I can tell, Anarchy Tattoo Studios is the only business in New York that went out with a freaking bang, because a, a lot of them just died with a whimper or silently packed their stuff up and left and went, went to an open state, you know? Max Public House is still there, and they're still going strong. They haven't closed yet, and they're still resisting the mandates. But those are probably the only two businesses in New York doing it who have the balls to do it. So, again, shout-out to Anarchy Tattoo Studios. We're actually going to have some sort of interview with Mike soon. I don't know when, but we'll... At some point, we'll in figure the it out. Yeah, we're we're in touch, you know, and we we want to get him on. We want to get his side of the story. We want to give him a platform to to talk, you know, and to speak and to tell everyone what happened. And it's just it's so absurd, man, to to say these people don't know about health safety. Like tattoo artists are educated in this stuff. Tattoo shops have to be the most sanitary places you can think of because it's part of their job. So to hit them with these violations and. I just can't, man. It's, it pisses me off so much. It really does. But look, come down to Florida, man. Screw these states. Screw these states. Let them go to shit. 
And apparently, you on know, that note, that's not the only thing <laughs> that is going down in yeah. New York. Hell's Kitchen is our lovely my, neighborhood. Our old neighborhood. Uh, residents fear summer of living dead as the homeless multiply. Yeah. And we called this, man. We said this would happen over a year ago. We're like, as these lockdowns continue, this is going to get worse. Yeah, we're going to be going back to New York for a little yeah. bit, and I'm going to shoot some video just so you guys can see in, for yourselves in you like know? actual visuals yes, what like, the, what is happening here. The New York Post isn't pulling your leg on this. This is all true. We've seen it with our own eyes. We watched the entire neighborhood transform over the last year, and it did get bad, man. Graffiti's everywhere. There's just there's this one guy in the corner who's just screaming every day, screaming at no one. It's it's yeah. bad. Man. So the article says a sewer and a cesspool is how longtime Hell's Kitchen activist Marisa Redante described the neighborhood in recent weeks as a return of warm weather produced a sudden upswing in the presence of drug-addled and deranged homeless people on the streets of Midtown. This was something that I witnessed myself. We would have we had this guy on the corner across the street mm -hmm. from our apartment who we referred to as the screamer because yeah. he would come and he would just ah like for. Yeah. And, and nothing coherent, just yelling. And there's there's nothing that can even be done about it. Like I remember one one day, uh, some, one of the neighbors called the police because this guy was just screaming, screaming, screaming. And they look, they showed up, they took him in very respectfully. I saw it. I watched it from the window. Three hours later, he was he was back out there on on the same corner again, screaming and. Look, I, f I feel for the mentally ill. I feel for the homeless, although I know they're not all out there by accident. Some are out there by choice, you know. Well, and they it's had, clearly a problem. They had know? shelters. They had places yeah. for these people to go. Yeah. But then because of, you know, the dread cough, yeah. they closed the things. They restricted the amount of people that could be in they there. They also let a lot of criminals out of prison. Yep. They let, well, yeah, a lot of, like, nonviolent, you know, drug-related offenses yeah. or, you know, whatever, you know, kind of people they had to release. They released them from from rikers yeah. and they put them up in hotels all around the neighborhood for a while and then they kick them out of there yeah and so where, where are they gonna where go they once go? you do that they end up on the street so it's like we're, we're not saying that homeless people don't have a right to like be in a place but look when this starts to happen when crime starts to increase when graffiti starts to spread everywhere when the neighborhood starts to take a downturn like this not only are the businesses closing because they can't make money anymore because they can't operate at full capacity. They're closing because less and less people want to be in those neighborhoods and want to attend those businesses. And do you think new businesses are going to want to come in and replace those old businesses if the neighborhood goes to shit? It's a domino effect, man. It's a domino effect, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah, the article says police and EMS and fire have responded to 233 calls this year at Spring Hill Suites on West 36th Street compared with just 22 calls at the same time last year when the city began moving shelter residents into hotels in April. At the Four Point Sheraton on West 40th Street, the number of 911 calls has grown from 54 to 198. At the now notorious Skyline Hotel on 10th Avenue, police have already responded to 392 calls in 2021, nearly four per day, compared with 72 at the same time last year. Yeah. State records show that two level three sex offenders, the most dangerous classification, are living at the Skyline, including one former member of New York State's 100 Most Wanted Fugitives list, just steps from three city high schools on 50th Street. Well, last summer, you know, we mentioned Caitlin, but last summer, her and her, and her boyfriend got you know accosted by a guy who pulled a knife out on them you know thankfully it didn't it didn't get worse but he was a uh, cat calling and harassing some other woman on the street so caitlin said something to him and then the guy just whips the knife out and kevin went and like picked up a trash can apparently and caitlin had to like slap him and stop him and then 
thankfully it didn't turn into something bad but that was one of the first signs to us like wow okay this neighborhood is is changing you know just barely over a year ago if someone would have asked me you know is house kitchen a safe place to live i would have told them yes and it's not like there wasn't any homeless people there or that there weren't any you know mentally ill and people like that on the street yeah they're always there it's part of new york but it's more than that it's the increase in crime as well you know and i can't say that anymore i can't say it's a safe place to live yeah i mean there's plenty of pictures and stuff there the stories go on they give particular uh examples of violent stuff that's happening but we've seen a lot of anti-asian violence in the city now um it's just things have gotten really really bad i mean the drug problem is huge too this article is rather extensive it has lots of pictures um and lots of text highlighting different folks who are either living in the area or who work in the area and just you know this guy has to protect his business the baseball bat now just because of all the things that's going on well because they can't have guns there yeah well Yeah. yeah It's just, I don't know, man. It's Obviously, there are a lot of complicated factors when it comes to the homelessness issue. But I think this is part of the plan to me, man. It's just eliminate people. <laughs> they want to reduce the population. And we're moving into the COVID stuff now. But I wanted to make a comment real quick. Like, People like Bill Gates are on the record talking about how they believe the world is overpopulated. Right? They're on the record. You can look these things up yourself. Why would anyone take medical advice or pandemic advice? advice from people who believe the world is overpopulated and Zuby made this comment before on his Twitter but he said I shouldn't have to explain this one to you and I'm not going to just think about it <laughs> yeah and along those lines I wanted to share this little video that we found on the Twitter uh, just give me one second to pull it up here yeah well you know I'm gonna riff on that a little more but I think as the lockdowns continued aside from you know the virus itself killing people it it you know, kills people in increasing addictions, increasing suicide rates, increasing crime, domestic like violence, and then obviously all of the seniors and stuff who were in the nursing homes that died at rapid rates in places like New York and New Jersey because of the COVID policies. And I truly think that part of why the lockdowns happened was to reduce the population. And I think people like Gates and their ilk, yes, advised advised it with that intention do i know for sure no obviously that i don't know for sure but kibono you know and to just listen listen to their words you know listen to the things they've said over the years so this was an interesting little clip i saw going around oh yeah i showed you this this morning yeah dan found this on instagram it's also been on tiktok and actually i, I think it Twitter. was it was anarchy tattoo studios that posted this so shout out again so i'll just play it for you guys and we can talk about it it's worrying health officials call mass vaccinations the only path to a return to normalcy almost four months into the vaccination effort providers are beginning to run out of people who want to be euthanized immunized (laughs) do you hear that let's play it again don't touch it four months into the vaccination effort providers are beginning to run out of people who want to be euthanized immunized (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't sure if it was loud enough i wanted to make sure people heard it but yeah, I, I don't know. Is that a Freudian slip, guys? You you tell me. You know, I know newscasters make mistakes, but wow. Yeah, that's how do you seems, confuse those words? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Immunized and euthanized. Yeah, I mean they have nized at so, the end. And for but, people that don't know, euthanized means put to sleep, yes, like put out of your misery. To be killed. Yeah. To be killed. Yeah, it's the it's the scientific way of saying mm-hmm. that we're going to take you out of yeah, the picture. Just a uh, you know funny little coincidence, right? 
Yeah, really bizarre in my opinion. Um, and then just some interesting things. I got banned on Twitter for sharing this particular story. You banned on Twitter? I know it's my second time. If I get banned on Twitter again, I'll probably be permanently banned. Um, but I, you know, I like to challenge the narratives. I like to bring up data that isn't being considered in the overall picture. So this is a study. Uh, it's a actually a meta study, which is like sort of a uh, collection of different studies and they pulled them together in order to talk about the big picture. It's called Vitamin D for COVID-19, Real-Time Meta-Analysis of 74 Studies. And again, this is why this episode cannot be on YouTube right now, because we would get in trouble. Yeah, don't consider this giving medical misinformation. Yeah, when it's just medical information. It's just medical information. It's data. Um, So, random effects of a meta-analysis of 22 Vitamin D COVID-19 treatment studies to date shows an estimated reduction of 51% in the effect measured. Uh, 95% of the studies to date reported positive effects. Um, 12 of the 22 are statistically significant by themselves. While there is significant heterogeneity, all treatment studies show positive effects, with the exception of one very late stage vitamin D study. So what this means is that most of the studies that they analyzed, where they use, uh, where they, they or actually all of the studies that they used except for one, um, showed improvement when the patients were given vitamin D. And this comes back to the idea that uh, the lethality of the the dread cough is more related to your particular health scenario, your particular situation, your vitamin D levels, your stress levels, um, than it is actually related to the virus itself. I mean, honestly, if you're you're going out eating freaking fast food every day and you weigh like 300 pounds or something, a mask and a vaccine is not going to do very much to save you if you got sick. Just saying. You need to build your immune system up. It, it, I don't understand why this is like rocket science to some people, or now it's like it's medical misinformation to talk about building up your immune system, having vitamin D, having vitamin C, having zinc. You know, well, It's because they don't want you to. They don't want you to. They want you to be weak so that you can be euthanized. Yes. But they they also just want you to rely on them, to rely on just go go get the shot, you know? For whatever purpose that may yes. be. All hail high priest, Fau- high priest yes. Fauci. Oh, you want to pull that meme over? <laughs> so wise. Which mean <laughs> the the freaking the church one, the church of the branch. Hold on. Hold I on. thought that was so funny, man. That was so freaking hilarious. Oh man, I think memes are saving us, man. It it helps deal with all of the the depressing news, you know, that's constantly coming out every day. It feels like society is getting weirder and weirder. You passed it. It's down there. It's down there. It's like every day I feel like society is just getting stranger. The world's getting stranger. That one. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Praise be to Fauci and the sacred cloth masks. Covidian 424. (laughs) St. Fauci Fauci. Cathedral of the Sacred Mask. (laughs) www.branchcovidian.gov forward slash Fauci. I love it, man. I love it. So good. So it's like, how else do you respond to this ridiculous, you know, besides with humor? Like, there's a couple of good names. (laughs) Only cops should have guns. No one should have guns. Defund the police. Let the kids, Let the kids stab, stab each other. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> good. This one oh, God. is you being, you know, basically there's like a chain around his neck. And yeah. then the science, you know, is also being had a chain around his neck and being led by politics. Yeah. And this is this brings up a really good point, too. It's like, look, if a politician can be bought 
to speak a certain way or to push a certain policy, right? What makes people think that a scientist cannot also be bought? They are also humans. They are also fallible. They can be threatened. They can be coerced. They need funding. Right? They need funding. So the fact that people just think like, oh, well, that no, they're scientists. They must be honest people. Like, you, you're naive beyond belief. I'm sorry. Naive beyond belief. Um, I also have a Discord channel, by the way, a Discord server. If you guys yeah, are we put some memes on there. So there's a memes channel, and then I have a little dangerous rhetoric text channel. There's also like voice channels where people yeah. can hang out and chat. But so we we typically post the links in there and plenty of funny things too. So yeah. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me and I will send you a link. Uh, you can either you can reach out to us at dangerousrhetoricpod at gmail dot com or it's brentley at gmail dot com. Yeah. Maybe we should get a telegram soon, too. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I think uh, Project Veritas has one, and it's growing pretty fast, you know. But I, I like it just because it, it can be encrypted, you know. Yeah. Um, so then, just this study, vitamin C in COVID-19. This is some really interesting work. Uh, this comes from beginning of this year, January 18th, 2021. More medical misinformation. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Reddit, whatever. Uh, it was published, you know, um, so it passed peer review. And I'll read you the abstract. In numerous animal studies, vitamin C has prevented and alleviated viral and bacterial infections. In a few dozen placebo-controlled trials with humans, vitamin C has shortened infections caused by respiratory virus, which indicates that vitamin can also influence viral infections in humans. In critically ill patients, plasma vitamin C levels are commonly very low. Gram doses of vitamin C are needed to increase the plasma vitamin C levels of critically ill patients to the levels of ordinarily healthy people. A meta-analysis, that's again like a big study of multiple things, of 12 trials with 17, uh, 1,766 patients calculated that the vitamin C reduced the length of ICU stay on average by 8%. Another meta-analysis found that vitamin C shortened the duration of mechanical ventilation in ICU patients. Two randomized placebo-controlled trials found statistically significant reduction in the mortality of sepsis patients. The effects of vitamin C on acute respiratory distress system, uh, distress syndrome or ARDS, frequently complicating COVID-19 pneumonia should be considered. Vitamin C is safe and an expensive essential nutrient, or inexpensive essential nutrient. So basically the point of the, this article is just to review previous work regarding vitamin C in both animal and respiratory virus patients and to show that it does have a positive impact for people who are in these situations and then also to show that it has reduced icu stay for other like not covid related things and to suggest that yes we should use vitamin c on covid patients because it seems to help in these other situations so why not give it a try because it's safe and inexpensive that's overall like a good thing to give to give a little attempt for yeah and this is not new information either i mean Scientists have known for a very long time about the power of vitamin C in fighting infections, you know, and reducing your risk of, of developing harsh symptoms when you're sick. Yeah. I mean, your mom was telling you to freaking drink orange juice when you were a kid. You remember that? Although, granted, you're not going to get enough vitamin C from a glass of orange juice. You need to supplement it, but this is known knowledge. It's not, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not medical misinformation. Um, so, yeah. And there was this other story that I came across about a 13-year-old girl in Canada who passed away from complications due to COVID-19. Her whole family got infected shortly after their father had received the vaccine, which is interesting. Dad got the vaccine, I believe it was on April 12th, and 10 days later, his daughter passed away. 
So it was kind of strange that, um, you know, there's, there is some, so this you could classify as medical misinformation or internet rumor, however you want to talk about it. But there is this idea out there that the vaccines are facilitating the generation of mutant strains. And again, you can't talk about this on YouTube. You can't talk about this on Twitter. Uh, these are, this is a, you know, rumor at this point, but what has, what we've noticed is now that, that since the vaccine has come out, it seems like there are, uh, more people having, not necessarily people who get the shot, even though a lot of people get the shot, have really bad complications, including death. Um, there are other people who are in the vicinity of people who have gotten the vaccines who are having weird health complications like a lot of ladies are having strange um immune comp uh, strange changes to their uh, menstrual cycle did the kid get the vaccine no the no the kid did, didn't right? but dad did uh, and then 10 days later the kid passed away from a pneumonia yeah interesting right the kid was fine throughout the entire quote-unquote pandemic and all of a sudden dad gets the vaccine and kid is dead yeah his wife was also in the hospital um with with complications yeah from it but yeah. he didn't want to he thought that she was going to be fine because she was young this whole article sort of reads as like an advertisement for vaccination yeah. while we're on canada i just sent you something too that i wanted you to play but i stumbled upon this woman on facebook uh she goes under what's her face apparently her original account was deleted off of instagram because of this very topic but uh yeah let's just let's play that real quick it's three minutes long you want to play the whole thing yeah it's funny and and true. Okay, hold on. Play. Dear Canada, this was Jacksonville, Florida last night. I think it's time you peeked outside of your igloos and admitted <laughs> you've been bamboozled. Because your country is being run by a man following in his famous father's footsteps. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. It's a conspiracy theory that Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son. And there's absolutely no evidence that he's a communist at heart. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say we need to go green as fast as we need to start, you know, investing in solar. While wow. the rest of the world gets on with their lives, people here are still saying things like this. If they followed the rules, numbers would be low and there wouldn't be a lockdown. <sighs> Pretty simple. What happened to the people of this country? I mean, we are truly the laughing stock of the world. We should change our national flag from the maple leaf to an image of the U.S. giving us an atomic wedgie. You people are <laughs> softer than Premier Doug Ford's underbelly. And speaking of the Ontario Premier, Ontarians are the worst of the bunch. They're more removed from reality than the dude that thinks the stripper likes them. <laughs> the dude who thinks the government loves them. I mean, we just witnessed some of the best She's COVID good. political theater to date. And the majority of the country thinks we just had a huge win. For those of you who don't know, our government threatened us with the implementation of a police state. And then after some imaginary backlash from the citizens, took it back and instead implemented paid sick leave. <laughs> and the hashtag paid sick leave saves lives has taken off on all the socials. Paid sick leave saves lives? From what? Responsibility? <laughs> yeah, because that's what we need. More incentives for people to sit on their ass at home. This is an initiative that just so happens to be pushed by the same influencer shills 
who were supporting lockdowns and the decimation of small businesses all along. And of course, they'll pay people to go out and get tested, which will inevitably increase the case counts and keep this cycle going on Stayed it for a whole year. As long as you keep handing out free money, these dumb fucks will be satisfied. <laughs> so tell me, Canada, what's your next move? And I'm genuinely asking because Health Canada just released their stipulations for lifting the lockdown. They've stated that in order to lift the restrictions, 75% of adult Canadians will need to receive one wow, dose of the vaccine crazy. and 20% will need to receive their second crazy. dose. So what's your plan if we don't reach that number? What's going to happen if 75% of the Canadian population decides that they're not going to do exactly what you want them to do? You gonna throw a temper tantrum? You gonna repeat the words, you're the reason we can't go back to normal. <laughs> I love her. Mm. Like you've been doing all year? Like or are you gonna put on your big boy pants, take your life back, and accept the fact that life has inherent risks and that your health is your responsibility? Genuinely curious. Dear Canada. Yeah, love her. So there was one more that I think you should play too. Just It's on her page though. And uh, it's, I guess it's, it's about, go back, it's about her getting removed like her original page was removed it was just what's her face and now this is her new account what's her face who this one with the with uh, the band-aid yes this cracked me up this morning cracked me up her face recently several of my colleagues and i were deleted from instagram for telling the truth about <clears throat> i'm sorry for spreading baseless theories and dangerous misinformation about one of our modern medical miracles. One that I dare not speak of. Today, I would like to offer my... What is it? Sincerest apologies. My sincerest apologies, and oh, I yeah, come to I you it. with a special announcement. <laughs> of the cult of scientism. <laughs> I am here to assure you from first-hand experience that the shot is 100% safe. Aside from the heart palpitations, brain fog, facial paralysis, heavy period, breast swelling, blood clots, schizophrenic tendencies, and feeling like my soul has left my body, <laughs> I feel like a brand new woman. She's great. Because she my DNA awesome. has literally been altered. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> I just... Just kidding. <laughs> I said what you asked me. Thank, my I said what you Thank asked you very much for watching, and please remember to continue complying because we will be going back to normal in approximately two more weeks. <laughs> and if you can, please support my Patreon because I had to shut down my business to appease the masked zombies. Keep being a funny guy. And the I cat said what you Keep being, keep being a funny guy and the cat gets it. I mean, I gladly sacrificed my livelihood for the greater good. All right, guys, until next time, don't forget to double mask and stick <laughs> the testing swab right up your ass. Oh, my okay. God. So I just, I really wanted to give her a shout out because I saw it this morning when I was in the bathroom and it just cracked me up. So shout out to What's Her Face or What's Her Face Who gotta get her actual name but uh we'll, we'll tag her in this too and maybe we'll send it to her on twitter or something mm -hmm. yeah but okay. yeah really funny so where else did i want to go from here um oh so mr gert gert van den bosch has gone viral he is a doctor of veterinary medicine he's a phd in virology he's worked in development of vaccines for GSK, Novartis, Solfe, um, and for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
Um, he's worked for quite a resume. Yeah, a lot of places. You can see he's he got his grades, so definitely he's he's up there in terms of experience. Um, he worked with the Who, partnering against, um, against Ebola and developing pandemic plans. And um, he had problems with the Ebola vaccine in 2015, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now he is speaking out about um, the vaccine epidemic or the, the mass and infection prevention and vaccination problem, uh, saying that basically his argument is that the vaccines are designed to create these sort of selective uh, antibodies that only work on one particular strain. And the problem with that is that there will always be more strains. There will always be other viruses. Yeah, well, they mutate, you know? Yeah, well, not only that, but there are, there are other, other viruses things, yeah. outside of corona. There's influenza. There's, you know, uh, rhinoviruses and all these things. And when you hijack the immune system and cause it to generate a bunch of antibodies for one virus, you take resources away from the immune system such that it cannot adapt and provide the necessary protection from anything else. So what is being described here is sort of like a ticking time bomb that, uh, you know, when we, he goes into all the science, I'm not going to go yeah. into it. I mean, how theoretical is this? You know, do you do you think this is possible? I'm just asking based on your own scientific background. Yeah, no. Well, this is it's quite likely, and I'm not the you know, and, and Gert is not the only one warning about it. He's yeah. got a couple of videos up on YouTube which are amazingly still up. But if it's funny because if you go, you search for Gert Van den Bosch, he's got his profile comes up, and then two videos, and then there's immediately this Z Dog MD yeah, guy debunking him debunking, for 15 yeah. minutes. Um, and then I haven't watched this yet, but apparently he was on uh, Brett Weinstein's Yeah, and I'm uh, sure that was podcast. a great conversation because I think Weinstein got one of the vaccines too. So, I mean, he's not like a, an anti-vaxxer. So this comes from uh, another doctor. Uh, is coronavirus taking time bomb? And he talks about a lot of the same stuff. Like he talks about how uh, neutralizing versus non-neutralizing antibodies is basically antibodies that work versus those that do not. And the problem with those that do not is that they contribute to this thing called a cytokine storm or a hyper-inflammatory response, which is one of the things that we're seeing in COVID already is that a lot of people are having damage, not necessarily from COVID itself, but also from the uh, inflammatory response causing destruction of the lung tissue means that you can be given a vaccine which causes your immune system to produce an antibody to the vaccine and then when your body is actually challenged with another pathogen the infection is much worse than if you mm. had not been vaccinated so i'm very curious to see you know two years down the line a year down the line you know three years down the line you know if we have a bad flu year how the vaccinated how those who got the covid vaccine are going to fare through that yeah will they be you know dying in record numbers who knows it seems like it's certainly possible yeah. And I guess time will tell, right, if we're a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists or not. Or not. But look, it, it's not like we're saying, oh, we know 100% this is possible. But I think you should be allowed to talk about this stuff without just being removed from these platforms. The fact that they're trying to bury any discussion of this should make you probably want to look into it even more, just my opinion. So say, oh, well, we're protecting you from misinformation and spreading conspiracy theories and whatnot, but uh, it's, I don't trust that. <laughs> I just I never trust that, okay? Um, and then just a few more things, folks. There's, there was a new study on face masks highlighting problems with safety and efficacy. Totally going under the radar. You know. A uh, new study on face masks highlight their inefficiency, lack of safety, and ability to cause physiological, psychological, and long-term health problems, which may culminate in immune suppression, <clears throat> worsen chronic disease, accelerated aging, and premature death. 
uh, Barak uh, Vainshul Boyam, who works at the cardiology division of Stanford's Veterans Affairs at Palo Alto Healthcare System in California, is among the latest to sound the alarm that face masks should be avoided for the general public. It's not simply an issue of whether or not they work, although though, he, as he writes, quote, scientific evidence supporting face masks efficacy is lacking, or that wearing something is better than nothing because, as Van Shoba Boyam notes, quote, adverse physiological, psychological, and health effects are established. Right. The paradox, he notes, has been apparent since the beginning of the SARS-CoV-2 uh, affecting the respiratory system, potentially leading to respiratory failure and death. Though it should be noted that case fatality rate is low, considerably less than 1%. Um, and yet there was a new study that came out not too long ago, we talked about this previously, that established the IFR from COVID globally is about 0.15%. Uh, so it's very, very yeah. low risk I of mean, death. I mean, like, look, if you're a healthcare worker, obviously you're, you're probably going to wear a mask and you probably should be wearing a mask. It's different. The, the issue here is mass masking all of society. It's just there's nothing practical about it. There, there's really nothing to prove that that works, you know. And now there's evidence coming out to even show that it could be detrimental, in fact, rather than protecting us. Yeah. So then there's a lot of stuff here. There's like basically four big areas that 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 are very well backed with science. And again, this is science you cannot talk about on YouTube. Yeah. You cannot mention on Twitter. They say trust the science, unless and then they ignore the science. Yes, they ignore other science, and then they'll cite like some one study that was what found like uh, funded by the bill and melinda gates foundation or something so shit. 2015 <laughs> study of healthcare workers found that those wearing cloth masks had the highest rate of influenza-like illness with the researchers cautioning against the use of cloth masks because of moisture moisture retention reuse of the masks and poor filtration yeah. leading to increased risk of infection yeah. it's Van absurd van Boyum's review of research further found the following adverse effects of face masks so from physiological Hypoxema, which is lack of oxygen. Uh, hypercapernia, which I'm not sure of. Shortness of breath. Increased lactate concentration, that's from not having enough oxygen. Decrease in your pH levels, that means that you're having more acid, like your blood is becoming more acid-like. Uh, toxicity, inflammation, self-contamination, that's from touching and yeah. moving things around. Uh, increase in stress, uh, muscle tension, immune suppression, premature mortality. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm going to shout out anarchy tattoo studios once again but like in that video where he was arguing with the state official there who were asking to see their their records right he pointed out the absurdity of the face masks and the fact that people are always touching them taking them off putting them back in their pocket and then putting them back on and touching them and he brought up the the example of a condom like after you use a condom do you pull it off and put it away and then put the condom back on no. and use it again no and as a tattoo artist, they don't put on a set of gloves to tattoo you, use those gloves, and then take the gloves off, and then put the same gloves on again later and tattoo you again. So it's like this is, you know, these are people who know about this stuff. And it should be common sense to realize that these face masks and the way people are using them aren't really going to do shit and could actually be exacerbating the situation. I lost the uh, camera. Ah. All right, well, I mean, we should probably call it anyway. Yeah, we can so, wrap it up. Yeah. All right, guys, well, thanks for watching the show. You know, we appreciate it. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, you know, and share this video in particular uh, from our website because it will not be on YouTube, so. Yeah, just the last little thing here. There were 36 studies that show face mask lack of efficacy of safety uh, or lack of safety and effectiveness. There's a database here with 36 different studies showing it. And it's a big problem. Yeah. Look into it, you know. Trust the science. Do your research, right. you know. Yeah. All right, I'm Dan. I'm Brentley. Take care, guys. See ya. Bye.